You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and startup clubs house in clubhouse it's free it always will be free there are no strings attached there is no bait and switch lurk or listen only chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage the coffee shop is open for business whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wellness wednesday we discuss mental health wellness and life skills on thursday we do live book reads and discussions with the author and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda start your day off on the right foot on the front foot with virtual coffee with the collective cafe where we mastermind we manifest we collaborate we help one another at the business of web3 or anything else that intersects whether it's culture collaboration creativity innovation disruption entrepreneurship or coaching so give us a subscribe bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand or of course join us every day live it is addictive and remember it is a safe welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot this is alpha collectives collective cafe my name is joseph jaffe well good morning good morning it is january 17th my goodness we're uh just over over halfway through month one already of 2024. How is uh, how's your year been so far? Hopefully, it started off with a bang, but uh, you know, even even uh, hopefully not a whimper. But everything always, you know, sometimes slow starts and slow and steady wins the race, no doubt. And um, hopefully, your 2024 is an amazing year. Uh, yesterday, yesterday was a long day for me. I left, uh, left the house at about seven thirty, uh, driving in. Um, I, I don't want to say treacherous conditions, but not great conditions. There was uh, snow, about an inch of snow had fallen. Roads were a little icy, and um, decided uh, I was kicking off a, an EOS focus day coaching day with a with a husband and wife team and architecture they they run an architecture firm good morning bez good morning tim and uh made it to the office had a full session drove home um and uh definitely driving home was tough a lot of a lot more ice 
had to sit in my car for about 10 or 15 minutes just for the uh, windshield to basically defrost or demist. The wipers weren't working because there was too much ice on the windshield. And uh, anyway, I got home, and about 45 minutes later, I did. Um, I've been I've been with Founders Institute uh, as a you know volunteer mentor for I'm in my second decade now of mentoring, and I absolutely love it. Um, you know, I used to obviously do it in uh, not obviously, but I used to do it in, uh, in person, and then uh, in I think you know th- obviously through COVID it became virtual. And I think now they've just kept it virtual, um, which is some somewhat of a pity. Um, it's possible yesterday that that the reason it was actually virtual, uh, because I haven't done it in, it feels like about six months, was because of the weather. Um, but we did what's called Mentor Progress Review. And uh, they had, I guess they had, was it five minutes? I think they had five minutes to pitch. And um, now the way it works is that you end up giving them uh, a score. One, two, four, or five. There is no three. I absolutely love the rating scale because it actually works, the rubric works two ways. Well, first of all, there's no three. And you'd be surprised how often, and, um, you know, the urge (laughs) gives in, which is to give someone a three, middle of the road, you know, I could I could do an entire session on the whole concept of customer satisfaction. Satisfaction comes from the word satisfactory. Who wants to be satisfactory? Who wants to be mediocre? Who wants to be middle of the road? Who wants to be average? Three years right in the middle, and um, you know, and it's and it's non-committal on behalf of the mentor. And so, when three is taken out, you got to go with a two or a four if you're on the fence. There's a huge difference between a two and a four. So. So the other way that the I guess the rubric works is a five is I would put my own money into this. A four is I would consider joining as an advisor. A two is needs a lot of work, but if you change, you know, X or Y, um, you know, you could pivot or, you know, you certainly could um, tweak, right? It's more just like a, um, it's not a major pivot, but it's you know uh, it's it's making a couple of changes, and one is is almost like you need to like just completely rethink or reassess or stop what you're doing, or you know the pivot is a major one. So um, I did the session yesterday, and um, and I was thinking I was thinking about about feedback. And, and that's why I wanted to dedicate today's session all about feedback. So, you know, with Founders Institute, they, um, they have rules because some of the mentors are, you know, are unbelievably accomplished. Uh, some are, some are um, graduates from, from previous cohorts. It's a, it's a really great, eclectic, diverse mix. But the general rule is you can't respond to a mentor, when the mentor gives you advice, um, you can't respond. Um, and they're giving you feedback. Take the feedback, listen to the feedback, accept the feedback, and then you know figure out what to do with it. But this is not a conversation um, unless the mentor asks you a question specifically. You know, one of the worst things that can happen in these sessions is you see um, you see a founder start to get defensive and push back and get emotional. 
These are the things that you want to avoid at all costs in general, all of the above, because it just doesn't help them. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help the situation when, when you have that almost that gut reaction that what do you know? What do you think? Well, you like, who are you to give me this feedback? Um, it's, it comes back to one of the most, um, I think, fundamental uh, aspects of the whole startup founder investor you know dynamic when it comes down to the fact that generally shark tank whatever investors are going to invest in the person in the human in the man in the woman in the person more so as much if not more so than the idea itself because the idea can change the idea can morph but if the person can't, if the person is rigid, inflexible, stubborn, closed to feedback, it's, it's the end. It's the end of the line. Why? Because essentially the founder is saying, A, it's my way or the highway. And B, this is as far as we're going to come. <laughs> this is it. Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it? Are you kidding me? Never. So if, if the, I mean, there's an arrogance associated with it. I've created this. It's my baby. You know, I'm going to keep my cards close to my chest. Now I'm going to peek. I'm going to give you a little sneak peek. I'm going to let you kind of like, you know, a little peep show. Um, and and you've got to just take it as it is. No way. If, it's a, if, it's, if success is a journey, not a destination, then... A founder, you know, someone looking to raise money, you should always say, this is where I am at this stage of the journey. But where's the finish line? How long is the journey? How perilous is the journey? Nobody knows. The other aspect, which is so important, is that, you know, you've got the concept of smart money and dumb money. And so if an investor, in fact, is providing not just money, but feedback, they are, I mean, think about those, that wealth of information. Think about how much experience they have, their network, their contacts. Think about how much power they bring to the table, not just in their ability to sign a check, but in terms of giving advice and counsel and making introductions and seeing things that you might have missed in your blind spot. That's why it's just so important. Now, I'll tell you, you know, I said to the, the founders yesterday, um, something I always say, and you've probably heard me say this before, I said, you know, 50% of the time, you should smile and nod your head and, and uh, you know, and shake their hand warmly, squeeze it and say, oh, thank you so much. Wow, that's amazing. Appreciate that. Such great insights. And then literally ignore them completely or almost do the opposite. But 50% of the time, you should do exactly what they say, when they say, how they say, how much they say. You should literally, you know, do what they, you know, verbatim. Now, the art is in being able to figure out which 50%, right? When 
to listen and do exactly as they say and when to actually ignore them. That's, that's the art form. As I said yesterday, if it were easy, everyone would do it. Everyone would be a startup founder. Everyone would be an entrepreneur. Everyone would raise money and everyone would get money if it were that easy. You know, one of the things that we do, even going back to EOS for a second, is, you know, we say we have, a, we have three roles, teacher, facilitator, and coach. As a facilitator, we're not there to give the answers. If you ask me, what should we do, Joe? I'm going to say, I don't know. What do you think we should do? It's very like, you know, it's a mirroring technique. It's like therapy. I don't know. What do you think? Why? Um, well, for many reasons. One is we believe that 90% that ninety of the time the answer is in the room. But more importantly, who's to say we're right? We, you know, we breeze in every 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and somehow we understand their business better than them. It's farcical. It's totally arrogant to believe that as a coach. By the way, I went through my whole life like that. And it's, you know, it's not, it's, it's the system's fault. Rather, don't hate the player, hate the game. Because I'll deliver a keynote on stage in front of a thousand people. And someone will ask me a question and, you know, got to come up with the answer, right? Imagine, you know, whether it's Seth Godin, Dan Pink, Tom Peters, Simon Sinek, Joseph Jaffe, why not? I'll put myself in the list. But you expect the, you expect the thought leader, the expert, to come up with an answer. It's possible they have the answer, that they know the answer, but it's also possible that they don't. And they're just coming up with an answer for the sake of coming up with an answer because guess what? The cameras are rolling, the lights are shining, and everyone's expecting those words of wisdom. I mean, can you imagine one of those speakers saying, honestly, I don't have a clue. What do I know about the uh, widget-producing Acme kind of like, you know? I can tell you what I know about customer service, but in terms of like how your business is run or how to deal with X or Y, you know, one of the things that that I always that I do love about the <clears throat> the EOS forum, and I've explained this I think before, is um, when you are a new implementer, a new coach, as I am, um, they basically say. You know, in some sessions, they say, if you haven't delivered 100 sessions, you're not allowed to talk. In other cases, they say only experience shares. No no, uh, conjecture or, you know, opinion. Well, this is what I would do in this case. No. Instead, this is what I've seen or what I've done or what's happened in the past. I tried this before. It worked. I did this. I had a client where this happened and it didn't work. Look, there are flaws in that too because human beings are smart and human beings are capable of inference and deduction and, you know, and being able to say, you know, to to kind of connect the dots. But there's also something and and by the way, if if you tried something once and it worked, doesn't mean it's going to work again. If you tried something and it didn't work, doesn't mean it won't work the next time. So there's also an inherent flaw 
in being able to say just because you've done it once or twice, that now represents the only path forward. So it's still up to the receiver of the feedback in that particular case to make their minds up for themselves. And by the way, part of that technique is you don't just hear one person, you hear one, two, and three people giving one, two, and three opinions, and then you decide, do I have enough to make an informed decision myself? If all three said X, well, then that makes it a little bit easier, doesn't it? But if one said X, one said Y, and one said Z, well, you have the, now, you have the decision, do I go with X, Y, Z, or none of the above? Or maybe a little bit of each. So feedback is an art. The giving of it, the receiving of it, even the facilitation of it. And, I, and, and, and I've been very deliberate in saying art versus science. Because there is a degree of interpretation and subjectivity and filtering and, and ambiguity and interpretation there. So yesterday, you know, in the session, I must say, like, you know, I think um, I think I gave, um, we've got some comments coming in. Um, so, uh, wow, Teddy, Ro- Teddy Roosevelt is in the audience today. Um, Tim says, not all feedback is useful. I'm reminded of the Teddy Roosevelt quote, and I quote, it is not the critic who counts not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Roosevelt. See, I honestly thought that was a Donald Trump quote, but, you know, surprise, surprisingly, I'm speaking of uh, entrepreneurship. Just kidding. Um, I think there's something else going on in that quote as well, which is there are, the, there are you know those there are those who give feedback and those who actually do the work. I get that too, you know. So when he says, so when people, um, Tim says, so when people give you feedback, advice about finance, HR, product, SaaS, uh, but has not been in the arena, well, that's that's part of the experience share as well, isn't it? And I think there has to be a degree of you know, humility on both sides. You have to be, you know, you have to be humble when you give advice. And maybe humble is not the word. Maybe the word is this idea of um, there's a certain degree of self-awareness to be able to say, look, I don't work in the SaaS business, but here's my advice, take it for what it's worth. Like maybe the giver of feedback should be a little bit tempered too. And I guess my point is, if it wasn't clear enough, is there's, there's a degree of, there might be a degree of arrogance in the receiver pushing back. But there can also be 
degrees of um i think insecurity and vulnerability that that you know from from the person who's expected to give advice and because they don't want to be found out or showed up they feel obliged to come up with an answer i am trying to in in now in my in this decade of my life to be able to say honestly i don't have a clue that's a really good question i don't know the answer i'll find out for you or i'm going to temper my response by saying i'm not really familiar with this use case but he has my best <clears throat> he has my best guess or my my guesstimate So what I thought I would do is I would go over um, 10 pieces of advice for startup founders or entrepreneurs in terms of how to handle feedback from potential investors or mentors. Some I might have touched on already, but uh, you know, to keep this listically, is that even a word, listically, um, <clears throat> I'm going to give you some feedback and some commentary. Number one, embrace vulnerability. Recognize that being open to feedback is a strength, not a weakness. It shows you're committed to growth and improvement. You know, to me, this sounds almost so obvious, but it isn't. Again, it's this idea of weakness. What has long been associated with strength versus weakness? Well, I've just taken you through the example that, you know, someone who's asked for advice who says, I don't know the answer, um, that typically might have been seen as a sign of weakness. But it isn't. And on the receiving side, being open to feedback, it doesn't mean you don't have your let me find my bleep so that I can keep this clean. It doesn't mean that you don't have your together. And, and, and I think that's the fear. <clears throat> the fear is being too eager, too enthusiastic. As in, tell me how to do this. Tell me how to do my job. It's not that at all. It's not even close to that. By the way, investors and mentors love giving feedback. They love it. And it's frustrating, by the way. Don't get me wrong. The amount of times that, you know, I mean, hell, I mean, I look at I look at my life over the last three and a half years, whether it's whether it's writing a book, whether it's, you know, whether it's Alpha Collective, whether it's whatever. Everyone's got a, well, you know, I don't really think Discord is the right way to do this. I'm not really sure I like the name Alpha. People like to give you feedback even when you didn't ask for it. <clears throat> even when it's not warranted. But you've got to bite your lip. You've got to be able to actually just get over yourself. And realize that, 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 you know, put yourself in their shoes. That, are they trying to help? And even if they're not trying to help, just because they're, I don't know, bossy boots or whatever, it's fine. Just thank them for their 
thank them for their you know for their uh unscripted unprompted and unsolicited advice <clears throat> and move on <clears throat> there's another thing as well which is if you start and we'll come back to this is um one of the um you know point number 6 which I'll come back to later but if you start hearing the same feedback again and again and again guess what there's something to it so sample size of 1 you know you can choose what to do with it but when you've heard it again and again and again it's a pattern so number 1 embrace vulnerability being open to feedback isn't a weakness, it's a strength. And in fact, as I said earlier, an investor wants to know that you are open to feedback, that you are open to change, that you're not set in your ways, that you understand that together we can do more, we can go further, especially when you're partnering with more experienced people along the way. Number two, objective lens. Try to detach personal feelings from the business or from the feedback. You know, feedback is just a data point. It's not a personal critique. You're not lesser of a human or a founder or an entrepreneur or a man or a woman. In fact, again, the vulnerability, because you're human, you're not perfect. To err is human, remember? To receive feedback is divine. I just, you know, changed, of course, that statement. To err is human, to forgive divine. To accept feedback is divine. It's not, a, it's not personal, it's business in this particular case. But, of course, it feels personal. Because it's your life. It's your life savings. You've quit your job. You've burnt the boats. You've done whatever. You've been working on this for years and years and years. And now here's someone, you know, just sitting next to you on a plane or, or, you know, on a panel or in a speed dating or whatever, and they just don't know you from Adam. And then they've got a, a, a swash, swath. They've got a, they've got a, you know, all this feedback. They don't know you. They don't really, you, they've, they've just heard your elevator pitch. And they're verbal diarrheaing, diarrheaing, spewing on you. How can you not take it personally? But of course, the advice here is do not take it personally. It's just a day. If you look at it as a data point, whether they are, use certain words or, or they're overly emotional, maybe they do get a little bit personal, but just if you look at the whole, the sum, the body of, of work, the body of feedback is just a data point. N equals one. Move on. Objectivity is your friend. It's almost interesting. You could almost call it objective vulnerability, right? Because one is deeply, you know, human, personal, whatever, and the other one is not. The third... is active listening. Like really listen to what's being said. 
avoid the temptation to immediately defend your position. Sometimes the most critical feedback can lead to the most significant breakthroughs. Why? I don't know, because it's exposing a nerve, because you know it's true deep down, or maybe you don't actually know it's true, but it feels so uncomfortable and that is almost a spidey sense. That's almost a, a little indicator. It's almost just a tell that, what, what, wait, why is this feeling, why do I feel so uncomfortable? Why does this feel so close to home? Because, you know, it might be just getting to the root cause here. You might have just kind of found that nugget, that diamond in the rough, that needle in the haystack. An active listening or intense listening Instead of, because when you, the temptation to immediately defend your position, you're already thinking of your rebuttal, of your response. And the person that is talking, the person that is talking is, might make four or five or six points. Capture them, you know, commit them to memory, write them down if necessary. Keep on listening. Let them get through everything. And as I said, it's a temptation to immediately want to defend your position, to push back, to explain. Well, I don't think you get it. I'm not sure you understand what I was actually trying to do. You've lost, the, you've lost when you do that. If they want you to tell them something, they will ask you. I mean, if it is so super clear that they've misunderstood or don't understand, maybe address that afterwards with a clarifying question. But it's also possible that if they don't understand it, nobody understands it. That's why you really want to listen to what's being said and sometimes what isn't being said. Interesting enough, the next point is just that, clarify and question. Don't hesitate to ask for clarification if feedback isn't clear. It's really crucial to understand the perspective fully before reacting. So let them get to it. You know, they might explain, it might become evident by actually allowing them to take you down Whatever path or story or journey or, or, or logic flow or thread that they choose to. And then ask a question. Can I ask a follow-up question? <clears throat> can, I, can I clarify something? You're asking permission and you're presenting it in a way that is not defensive. Help me understand or... Um, whatever the case may be, but a clarifying well, follow-up question or just something that is, that is designed to clarify. Number five, constructive... Oh, by the way, clarifying question, curiosity. We, we dealt with this the other day. We spoke about curiosity. Curiosity is wonderful. Remember the whole point about, you know, 
Answer a question with another question. Keep on asking questions. Never stop asking questions. Curiosity implies openness and willingness to learn and grow and expand. Number five, constructive over defensive. Right, we've spoken already in these in these points about the dangers of being defensive or pushing back or you know or building up a a wall. The point here is to respond, don't react. A defensive stance can close the door to potentially valuable insights. And I'll repeat this as many times as I need to repeat it. Investors, mentors, advisors, partners, clients, they want to know that you're flexible, that you're open to hearing feedback, that, you're, that you're, uh, you recognize the power of partnership at the end of the day. Whether you want to call it one plus one equals three, whether you want to call it the wisdom of crowds, call it whatever you want. But ultimately recognize that when people are giving you advice, when people are giving you money, when people are giving you anything, time, they want to know it's time well spent. They want to know that you're going to use that money wisely, that advice wisely. It's a give and take relationship. What are you giving them? At a minimum, give them that peace of mind. Give them that assurance or reassurance that they made the right decision. And remember, amidst all of this, a lot of this feedback could be coming from someone who's chosen not to give you money but instead is giving you advice. Remember that whole, that analogy, which is when you ask for money, you'll get advice. When you ask for advice, you'll get money. In some cases, you might actually end up getting both. And the key, or the keys lie in these 10 points. Constructive over defensive, always. Respond, don't react. Point number six, and this was alluded to earlier, seek patterns. If you hear the same piece of feedback again and again and again, guess what? It's probably correct, right? It's a sign at a minimum that it needs more attention. Patterns often reveal underlying truths. Now, there's some nuance here, right? If everybody seems to misinterpret at the same time, they might, in fact, be misinterpreting it, but that just might be an issue with regards to positioning or ambiguity or messaging. But there's a truth in of itself. There's a truth in that. Or the insight in that is you're not explaining yourself clearly enough.
hey, listen, if you want to kind of like think about this, you know, kind of quietly and and this goes no further, you know, you might you when 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 somebody when when some idiot gives you like stupid advice, you'll be like, there's totally something wrong with them. But if three idiots give you the same advice, guess what? There's something wrong with you. Hopefully you don't take any of those positions. But if if you seem to be getting the same advice again and again and again, don't point fingers, you know, your finger needs to point back at yourself. Remember the whole concept of the mirror and the window. You need to be looking in a mirror. And if you're pointing a finger, that finger is pointing back at you. Number seven, filter and prioritize. This goes back to the 50%. Not all feedback is equal. And to Tim's point earlier, um, not all feedback is good. So, you know, that's the art. And, and in some cases, listen, you don't have to be like the feedback artist here. Just go get a second opinion and a third opinion and a fourth opinion. And that's how you triangulate. That's how you get to determine objectively as opposed to subjectively. So first of all, not all feedback is equal. Consider the source and relevance to your goals or to the situation at hand. Focus on what aligns with your vision and strategy. Choose when to listen and when not to. And there are just some people, like you may have you know, mentors, people you trust implicitly, and whatever they say, you'll listen to. Because they've delivered time and time and time again. They get you, they understand you. Or they get and understand the space. You may not even understand it at the time. Number eight, implement thoughtfully. When you decide to act on feedback, do it thoughtfully. We had this last night, by the way, um, which, is, which is that each founder got a chance to pitch twice to two different sets of mentors. And one of the mentors at the beginning said, whatever you do, if you get feedback from the first, you know, first go around, do not change a damn thing in the second one. Just do it again. So if somebody says, uh, you know, I hated the slide or the slide or I didn't get this or I don't like the tagline, deliver it again just the same way you did it the first time. Of course, the beautiful thing about it, seek patterns. If you get the same advice the second time, guess what? You really, really can prioritize that advice. Number seven, Fulton prioritize. But you could have a mentor in that second set that turns around and goes, oh, I love that tagline. It's amazing. Two different people, two different opinions. Maybe one is target market, one is not. So avoid knee-jerk changes. Instead, Plan how best to integrate the feedback into your business. Not just how, but when, how much, in what order. This is hard stuff. Because not all of these pieces of advice um, 
naturally line up or even are in sync with one another. You're telling me that I should be listening actively and executing verbatim 50% of the time and 50% of the time I should absolutely ignore. But when I ignore, I shouldn't be defensive. I should respond but not react. Um, And then the times that I should do everything verbatim, but wait, now you're telling me that I shouldn't knee-jerk? Wow, this is difficult. So all things being equal, maybe 25% of the time I should knee-jerk and respond exactly, but 25% of the time I should, I should listen and accept the advice but not implement. Well, welcome to the startup world. There's a reason why 95% plus of all small businesses and startups fail. And yes, many of the reasons are related to the idea and the execution of the idea and timing and luck and cash flow and the ability to raise and not raise. And But, you know, it's also advice. Nobody talks about that. But they should. The last two pieces of advice, I think, apply even more so to um, getting no for an answer and the power of no. So point number nine, follow up. If you've acted on someone's advice, let them know. It shows respect and appreciation for their input and can strengthen your relationship. So this is not just, you know, you told me to do something and gave me money, you know. Or in this particular case, it's you didn't give me money. You said your competitive slide is awful. Um, You've done a real poor job of being able to explain, you know, what the market looks like and how you're different and better. And for that reason, you know, I'm just not convinced that you are unique and different enough. Well, in this case, you go back and you say, I just want you to know, I took your advice to heart. I went and completely redid the competitive set. Would you be open to, can I show it to you or would you be open to having a look at it? Let me tell you, when, when somebody does that and comes back to you, and says, I listen to you. You don't even have to say in this particular case, I'm not looking for a second chance. I'm not looking for money. I'm not trying to change your mind. I just want you to know that I took your advice to heart. I followed up. I followed through. And this is the result. In fact, follow up and follow through is, you know, you can, you, can, you can apply that to anything. Every time you've ever made a suggestion to a company, a brand, you know, call up American Express and you talk to someone on the phone and you say, you know, it would really be great if you do X, Y, and Z. We never expect someone to follow up with us a day, a week, a month later. Hey, just want to FYI let you know that we took your advice and, uh, I mentioned it at our at our status meeting or at our staff meeting or sent it up the flagpole. He has, I don't know, a thousand Amex points just to thank you for that feedback. 
No one does that. I think we are naturally advice givers. Because we, we naturally want to help. I think our default setting as humans is to want to help. To actually give unsolicited advice. Yes, we do. We just naturally want to be like, some of us will always temper and say, you know, can I, do you mind if I, um, is it okay? Can I give you some advice? Are you open to receiving some feedback? Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people are humble enough or at least kind or considerate enough to not want to just bulldoze their way, bull in a china shop, you know, the the idea of, of just, because, um, you know, unsolicited advice can be, can can hurt, can be cruel, can be harsh, could be catching someone on a really bad day after they've just received rejection after rejection after rejection. But if you, at the core, understand that when someone's giving advice, it's because it's not because they want to demonstrate, you know, superiority over you or make you feel worse. It's there's there's something there that says I want to help. So whether we like it or not, we're going to just receive advice, whether we ask for it or not. And, 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 you know, it just seems like a better way to approach life and certainly entrepreneurship by training ourselves to, you know, again, be objective, be vulnerable, um, respond, don't react, etc. And then, of course, follow up. Especially if you actually ended up implementing. Especially. Almost every time. Hey, I just want to know I did what you told me to. Or I stopped doing what you told me to. Because sometimes the advice is not just, you know, do this. It's don't do that. Or stop doing that. And then the last point is um, gratitude attitude. Just always just express gratitude for feedback, whether you agree with it or not. So they took the time to give you their perspective and, and that's valuable in of itself. I mean, feedback is a gift, even though sometimes it's a bitter pull to accept, but it's still a gift because it's an opportunity for growth and learning and refinement and and to see things that could be and ask why not and things you might have missed and things that you just maybe were never capable of coming up with just because it's so completely left field or lateral or just not in your wheelhouse. And it took someone from a completely different line of business to see something or say something. You know, ultimately, startup founders don't necessarily think of themselves as leaders. And if you are the founder of a business, you are a leader. You have to create a leadership team. You have to hire people. You know, we always say at EOS, which is uh, when which is like you know. Sometimes we'll say, uh, "You have people in your business." Oh, okay, okay, good, good, good. Um, turns out most companies have people. In fact, all companies have people. And if you have people, then X, Y, Z. The other one is. Um, hey, can I ask you a question? Do you have do you have issues in your business? Do you have you know challenges, opportunities, threats, issues, stuff going on? Oh, you do? Great. 
Guess what? You're normal. Guess what? Every business has people. Every business has issues. Well, in this particular case, every founder is, whether they are reluctant or not, they're a leader. Or they've got to create a leadership team. Or they've got to be able to find a leader but startup founders, or the vision, the you know, the mission, the passion, the you know, it all sits inside them. Being a humble leader is great, but being a humble receiver of feedback is equally great too. So those are the ten points, and. Um, you know, I'll, I'll kind of <clears throat> see if anyone wants to jump on stage and have any thoughts or questions. You can put that in the chat. But I just want to kind of like close on my, you know, share today by, you know, just emphasizing how hard this is. It's, it's just so hard. You try, you do your best, and sometimes it's just not good enough. You know, one of the heresies um, that I created when I wrote Built to Suck was, what if, what if you gave your product away for free and still no one wanted it? And it's such a beautiful heresy, and it actually is so commonplace. Right, the example I always used to use was the newspaper industry. The Evening Standard in the in in the UK has just started giving away their newspaper for free. Just piles and piles up like when you got into the, the plane. That's where I saw it for the first time. That's what inspired the thought for the first time. What if you gave away your product for free and still no one wanted it? And actually it was really representative of representative of the newspaper industry. You know, if you're if you're a millennial or younger, wh- why would you want this, you know, to I don't know, kill trees and have this thing delivered to your door every morning that has yesterday's news in it as opposed to just go to the web or go to Twitter or X or, you know, social media. There was a a wonderful study that I always used to cite when I would give these presentations. And um, they actually went and they delivered the newspaper, I don't know, USA Today, one of those types of newspapers, um, to millennials. For about 30 days, they got the newspaper for free. And then afterwards, they they took away the newspaper and they said, um, so um, would you... uh, would you want to keep receiving the newspaper? And they said, hell no. And they said, well, well what, what if you got it for free? And they still said, hell no. So they're like, well, wait a second. First question, I guess, is, you know, would you want to pay? Would you want to keep receiving and pay for it, right? So maybe I didn't make that clear. But they were just blown away when suddenly they were like, even if we continued giving you the newspaper for free, you still wouldn't want it. And of course, you know, the feedback was, it's not good for, you know, 
killing the trees, destroying the rainforests, whatever. You know, and it's yesterday's news and it gets ink on our hands. But if you think about it, quite frankly, I mean, what if you gave away your product for free and still no one wanted it? I could tell you that the Collective Cafe was that. I could tell you that thought leadership, blogging, Substack, whatever, that people every day just delivering content for free and not enough audience is an example of that. Hell, I could tell you that half the apps on the App Store are like that as well. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to continue on a path and recognize that um, you might need a change on that path. It's much easier to take advice and receive advice and have people give advice. It's much more likely as hard as this is to admit to, that the person that needs to change is you, as opposed to everyone else. The odds are just not in your favor that you are the only correct person, the only smart person, um, the only person who gets it and everybody else doesn't. But remember, above all, It's not a one-size-fits-all. It's not binary. It is this organic, you know, um, know, amorphous. Is that the word I'm looking for? But it, 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 it changes. There is an ebb and flow of advice. There is a pulse to advice and feedback. It is alive. It is very, very much organic. It is very, very much an art form. And so become, I would almost say, become a feedback artist. Because by doing that, you will be able to create the most amazing, incredible tapestries or collages or montages or ultimately startup stories capable of transforming lives and changing the world. So have an amazing day, Wednesday, January 17th. The Collective Cafe will be in session tomorrow on Thursday, January 18th, but not on Friday. I have, I have another coaching session. And um, hopefully today... You will either give or you will either dispense or receive uh, feedback that can change your life or somebody else's. And hopefully these pieces of advice and feedback today on feedback helped you as well. Take care, everyone. Cheers. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.